Hello and welcome to the FilmPulse.net podcast. This is episode number 102. My name is Adam. With me today we have Kevin. How are you, Kevin? Uh, shitty. Shitty? Shitty. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling pretty shitty. I'm just getting over an illness. I am in the midst of a polar vortex. Polar vortex? Have you ever been in a vo- polar vortex? <laughs> I heard about it. I heard you guys had freezing fog Ooh, last week. I did not witness that. Yeah, my dad my dad was like, you know, hey, uh, you know what we had today? And I was like, what? And he's like, freezing fog. I was like, I never heard of such a thing. Yeah, which is, this is one of those things, and I, I'm sorry to get off the topic of like cinema and everything, but people that are against global warming, because it's just a poor word choice, is the fact that we're making up things. Like, we're inventing things now. Like, who ever heard of freezing fog? Yeah. <laughs> And whoever heard of polar vortexes? I've never heard that term before. No. Aren't, aren't they, <laughs> aren't they gonna start, Something's aren't they gonna wrong. start, uh, aren't they gonna start naming the snowstorms now? Or have they already started doing that? Yeah, yeah. The, this one was Janus. This was Janus. You know it's pretty serious when they're naming yes. them. Yes, yes. When they're giving them names. Yes. Yeah. And I remember, it, last year we were, we were worried about a, a, a snow cane. A snow cane. We were worried about a snow cane. <laughs> when was the last time you heard of a snow cane? Never, because uh, I just never. made the shit up, but it makes sense. <clears throat> well, today on the show, we have a very special guest with us. Writer director Matt Johnson and I will be talking about what we saw at Sundance and Slam Dance. Then we'll be going over this week's movie predictions, new on video on demand, and DVD and Blu ray releases. Let's jump right into it and bring Matt in to talk about some of the best and maybe some of the not-so-best things at this year's Sundance and Slamdance Film Festivals. All right, let's talk about Sundance and Slamdance 2014. Matt Johnson, thank you so much for coming back on the show. How you doing, sir? Great. I'm, I'm loving it. I just got back, I think, like three days ago, two days yeah, ago. Yeah, same here. So um, real quickly, I wanted to mention the Dirties ended up on my top 10 of 2013, by the way. Yeah. Really? Yep. It... it but it's an honor. It really, Thank you. It really made a big impact with me. So I was a huge, huge fan. That's uh, it's funny to me. Like that movie's so old now that um, that when all the year end lists were coming around and we were getting mentioned, I was like, oh wow, I forgot it was even this year. <laughs> well, I do want to. I, I do want to. When we end the show, I do want to talk about what what you have coming up in the burner. But first, I want to get into Sundance and Slam Dance. Uh, so you told me off the air that you saw nine movies there this year. Uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't there as long as I wanted to be. I mean, I saw, if I'm being perfectly honest, I probably saw closer to like 20, but I walked out of a bunch of movies like a few minutes in. So, but I do that at all festivals. Like I do it at TIFF and everything. Like if something I can normally tell, like for me anyway, because I'm not a critic, um, like within five minutes normally i'm like this sucks this guy's an idiot and then i leave so i do want to talk about some of those that you walked out on oh i don't even i wouldn't dare (laughs) maybe yeah sure i'll talk about some of them but uh but god i saw including including slam dance i saw uh 26 this year and there were there were a number of ones where i was just kind of so so about but there were a few that i was like really really into so 
maybe let's let's start off with you. What were some of the highlights of the festival? The, the absolute highlight um, was me seeing a movie that I had actually seen already, seeing it again um, this time, uh, except with a with an English speaking audience, and it was that uh, German film Wetlands. <laughs> Um, when we opened in Locarno, I guess back in July is when, uh, is when we screened there, that was its world premiere. And like, nobody was talking about it, um, except for like some kids that we knew. And it was like the craziest thing I had ever seen. So this is a German film and it's basically, it's kind of a coming of age story about a girl who is kind of obsessed with bodily fluids except you know what I, you're gonna walk into a trap because i find when i've explained this movie to people it sounds right away like some kind of horror shock movie yeah. when in fact it's 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 so far from that and it's not that she's obsessed with her own bodily fluids it's just that she's kind of like super laid back about about sex and sort of rebelling against her mom's right. image of uh women needing to be perfectly clean yeah and she winds up cutting her butthole open <laughs> while shaving and then this Anal Fisher winds up being this fixation for her um, for the entire movie um, because she thinks that it's a way for her to uh, get her parents back together who are divorced. It's insane. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it was definitely one of the highlights of the festival for me, too, just because I don't think I've ever seen a movie as gross as Wetlands. I mean, it. Just... it is the most disgusting film I think I've ever seen. And... The thing about it, though, like you, like you said, it's it's actually a surprisingly heartwarming film. Well, because it's shot like like sort of an MTV like bubblegum style, mm -hmm. where there's lots of pop music and everything's really happy. Um, but if you think that is bad, you should look at the book written by Charlotte Roche before that. Like it's based on this this German like MTV DJ's kind of personal novel of her life when she was eighteen, and that book is like twice. No, it's five times oh. as bad. Oh. It's insane. And in fact, after we saw it, my friend uh, Josh Bowles recorded the entire book. It's six and a half hours, it, uh, like an audio book of it. And uh, like he almost throws up a couple times. <laughs> like he's gagging through most of it. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> I think in my review, I described uh, the, the main character of uh, Helen as Amelie. But instead of being obsessed with putting her hands in boxes of beans, she's obsessed with putting her hands in her crotch. Or in her butt. <laughs> in her butt. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. I know that it did get distribution. It's, it's, it's being put out on Strand, I think. But I don't, I don't you know, know if you it know has... You know who should have that movie? Is A24. Those, I mean, they only do English sort of American type movies, but that would have been a perfect fit. Yeah, I know. The guys who released, like, Spring Breakers and... Um, and bling ring and a lot of stuff like that. It would have been perfect. I, I, yeah, I think A twenty four would have been good. Strand probably isn't too bad. I mean, they're the people that put out like interior leather bar and stuff. And they they like kind of some of the counterculture <sighs> no, type stuff. Yeah, but they don't like. How many people went to a theater and saw interior leather That's bar? True. Like the, the thing about Wetlands is that that movie needs to get marketed like just the goofiest, like American Pie. Mm -hmm. That movie needs to get marketed like like sort of the German American Pie. Um, and so that just people are walking in not thinking it is what it is, and then just like vomit up and down the aisles. <laughs> I was uh, I was talking to, I was in a different screening, and I was talking to the editor of uh, Twitch, and he said that Tim League of uh, the Alamo Draft House 
and Draft House Films was trying to get a hold of Wetlands, but they didn't get it. And I I told those guys about Wetlands at when I was at Fantastic Fest in uh, like in October, I guess, or or September. I don't know if I told Tim specifically, but I I, I couldn't stop talking about it because it was right after uh, I'd seen it. Yeah, that it's definitely one to see. I don't know. It definitely doesn't have a release date in the U.S. as of now, but. Uh, hopefully it'll come out this year because I think everybody needs to see that. I can't wait for my girlfriend <laughs> to see that. Well, and it's so feminist. Like it's such a like a crazy. It's directed by a guy, right? Too. Yeah, that was that um, was one of the surprises. But his first film was uh, I forget the title of it, but it was also super super gross. Um, and it, and it sort of raised a lot of these same things like like women's bodies and what you can put on film and all this kind of stuff. Um, so he was kind of tailor made, I think, to make this. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, no, it 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 sort of gets lost in all the grossness of it. Just how like progressively feminist that movie is. Yeah, I I loved it. I thought it was it was such a surprise. I mean, I, I read the synopsis and stuff, so I kind of knew what it was about going into it. But I was it was really funny too. Like uh, not just the gross gross out type humor but uh, a lot of the dialogue was really funny and i, I just loved it. i love the soundtrack as well that main song written um by ezra de um for like it's called wetlands mm-hmm. you, sh- you should download that song it's amazing yeah yeah ezra de wetlands it's a you can hear it in the trailer but it's an amazing amazing song uh so what, uh, what were some other highlights I, i'd say the movie that i like liked the most that I was like that I was looking most forward to, and then I left being like, "Yes, this is insane." Was probably Raid Two. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the big one. Like I, I, I was at the premiere of Raid at Toronto mm-hmm. um, when that first came out, not knowing what to expect, and like it completely blew my mind. And uh, and so like to be at that like years later um, was remarkable. And I knew a bit about the production of right. it too. Like I had seen like some early footage mm-hmm. of it. And, uh, but I wasn't, I was not prepared for like the infernal affairs, like gigantic Godfather yeah, saga. Yeah. That I saw. Uh, it was, uh, it was almost two and a half hours long. It was an epic. I mean, it was a crime epic and it's, it's, a, it's they, amazing. Did you, did you go to the premiere? Yeah. I, w- I was at the, the, the one right at yeah. nine, uh, at, at the, uh, at the Egyptian. Uh, so except I except I got in late because I thought I was gonna have to leave. I was actually gonna fly out that day, but then I went back and saw uh, and saw the movie. So I was able to get into the premiere party for that and got to meet like the whole cast and Gareth Evans and everybody, and that that was amazing. And then we went to the premiere, and I I was just so blown away by it. I'm I was a huge fan of the first one. I thought that it basically reinvented the action genre. I mean, I'm a big fan of martial arts films. But I feel like recently they've been kind of stale. And when the first raid came out, I feel like it just reinvigorated the whole genre. And I think everything about the raid two just ups the ante. I mean, the action is more intense. The violence is off the charts. Well, it's insane. It's because it's those he's Evans is in that kind of one-upmanship game with his boy, who made uh, the killers, mm-hmm. the Mo brothers, and uh, and so. So of course they were they were both kind of like jockeying to see who could do the grossest, most <laughs> like vicious stuff, um, which I think is good. It's amazing for a guy like that to sort of create his own competition. Yeah, right. Like like it's it's such a rare thing. And I think another good thing about the raid too is that I I have a feeling that other directors are going to start mimicking his style, 
And I'm hoping that this will kind of create a renaissance within action movies and other people will start, you know, looking to up the ante with action movies in general. That's what I'm hoping. It, what's funny about it is that he's like a white guy yeah. making like this hardcore non-English yeah. like kung fu movie. And I think that is like the most remarkable thing about it is that you, you see the raid and you just assume that this is like you assume it just came out of completely out of a culture that uh, that we would never have any access to. But then you find out that it was like just a. Like I think he's yeah, Welsh, he's Welsh, right? Gareth yeah. Evans, like that he was that he's working in this culture, working alongside these people to make this stuff. It's incredible, and it makes people think. At least it made me think that oh, maybe I could go work in another country in another language even and do this kind of stuff. Although I mean, I could never do what that guy did. That guy's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I was genuinely shocked at some of the action set pieces in that movie. I was really surprised at how rich the story was uh, because. You know, with the first raid, we didn't see that at all. There was almost no plot. It was, it was really thin. And that was one of the things I liked about the first raid was that they just throw you in and it's like nonstop action. With this one, I think that there are actually more action scenes than in the first one. But since it's, it's so much longer, he had a lot of time to develop an actual plot. And my friend uh, watched the first raid with no subtitles and said he didn't he, he had to Wikipedia one thing, but otherwise understood yeah. everything. I mean, it's the, the dialogue's very sparse in the first one in in this one that he I mean, it's it's like a huge scoping story. You know, you have these uh, rival crime gangs. You have uh, the, the, the Japanese mob coming in. There's like all these different factions and double crosses and things going on and it's just it's huge and then on top of that you have these uh really long action scenes like the uh the prison riot scene was it's amazing very, very 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 reminiscent of uh, the first raid as well like he didn't he wasn't completely abandoning that i think he knew that he sort of was making a fan film in many mm -hmm. ways so a lot of what he was doing was very much like the set pieces and things like that like it, it, it's at once like paying homage to the first, but completely reinventing itself too. It's amazing. Yeah. And again, the violence is, I mean, I, I was shocked at some of the violence in the first one and I was loving it. The violence in this one is so over the top and ridiculous. I mean, you have characters named Hammer Girl and Bat Boy <laughs> <laughs> and it's just out of control. And the only thing that I'm a little... Uh, worried about is him being able to get an R rating for this movie because I don't see that happening. Uh, you know what? I think I was talking to somebody about this and I think it's good. I think it's done basically. The movie's getting released in March, March and um, I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but um, I think I think the rating is actually going to be okay. Uh, I hope so. I mean. Well, violence, violence is almost never a problem with the ratings board. It's true. Like, wet, wetlands. Wetlands never. would never get released with an R rating. Yeah, I, never in a million yeah, years. Yeah, when I was talking they're, to the, the Twitch guy about it, we were kind of discussing how they're going to handle the, the rating of that. And I was like, they're just, they'll just put it out unrated. There's just no way. Of course. And it's, it's so brutal that, that that's the way the American rating systems work, where like people getting their faces ripped apart, no problem, but like a woman exploring her own mm -hmm. body in like like a very progressive interesting way un unreleasable cannot show that to now how does that work with the the canadian ratings board is that is it similar you know i would 
I'm going to go on a limb. Well, the, the Dirties was unrated for a long time. We had to we had to release the Dirties unrated in theaters for the beginning um, uh, because we were worried that we were going to get uh, an NC-17 rating. Um, but since then, I think we've been rated like PG-13 by a lot of different places. And so it, it, it kind of bounces around. I know we definitely take our cues from the American system, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not as uh, biblical. Oh, okay. As they say, I think I think sex is not as big a deal, and they try to make violence more of a big deal. But it's basically the same as mm, you guys. I see. Uh, another one that I was really impressed with was Adam Weingard's The Guest. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people were talking to me about that. In fact, that was uh, the one Midnight Madness uh, movie I didn't that I really wanted to see that I didn't get to. Um, is, is it as good as people were talking? I about? I loved it. I mean, if you're if you're a fan, see, I'm I'm a huge genre guy, so. Anything that's that's planted in genre cinema, I'm I'm eating it up. Anything that is a throwback movie to like '80s cinema, I'm eating that up even more. And everybody's kind of describing the guest as uh, Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween meets The Terminator. Yeah, and that's, that's it, it, that is what it is. I mean, it is very much. It feels like I think in my review I wrote that. It was as if John Carpenter were hired to direct the Terminator, and oh, so literally, yeah, you feel the same way. It's <laughs> that's awesome. It's uh, it is it's awesome. I mean, it's Adam Weingard handling an action thriller. It's not there are horror elements to it, but it's it's more of an action film. I mean, there there are shootouts. There's a lot of uh, like fight scenes in it, and it's interesting to see him kind of moving away from just straight up horror a little bit. And I loved it. Uh, it was just so much fun. It's it's a movie that doesn't take itself seriously and kind of is cheesy on purpose. It's definitely like an 80s throwback movie. But it's not like Miami Connection. No, no, not at all. I mean, it's it's set yeah. in modern day and it's it's got like this really great kind of 80s synth soundtrack, you know, like the electronic style soundtrack which kind of propels it and it's just great i loved it and the uh the guy that's i think his name is dan stevens uh i never saw him before apparently he's on that show downton abbey on pbs I never yeah seen I, I don't i don't watch it but uh he was he was incredible i mean he plays like you're kind of he would be like the arnold role where he's this kind of emotionless uh super soldier and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, you know the uh, the guys uh, from X Y Z Films, the people who uh, released uh, actually a lot of the movies that were in um, Midnight mm-hmm. Madness, um, they, they were telling me that that was a movie I had to see. Meta Marie actually, who who runs their office, was telling me that it was just incredible. Yeah, so X Y Z they did the Raid too, and they did uh, Dead, Dead Snow too, and which I didn't see. I wanted to see that. Did you? Did you? Oh, see that? you should have seen it, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's. If you like Dead Snow, then you know that guy's story, right? Like he makes Dead Snow, then gets completely fucked on Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. And then just goes back and says, all right, I'm making Dead Snow Mm too in my own country. So like he – like it it is very much a return to form uh, for for that guy. Um, So so Dead Snow has a bunch of American actors in it though, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is it in English or is it subtitled? Dead Snow 2? Or are you, have you not even seen Dead no, Snow? No, I saw Dead Snow, but I'm saying oh, Dead Snow yeah. 2 has it, a bunch it, of American actors in it. 
Yeah, well, it's like it's like he combined both both the, like all the things that he sort of learned going to make this movie in America with this. It's it's funny because like I remember when I first went in to go see Dead Snow, I was like, is this going to be like Iron Sky? Like, is this going to be like right. that level of cheesiness? And the fact that it's not is um. Well, well, the interesting thing about Dead Snow is that it's it's so self-referential as far as the different references that it makes with other horror movies and stuff, like Evil Dead, and it's just, I love the first one. Yeah. What else did you see that you liked? Uh, Whiplash? Yeah, okay. I mean, I didn't, I, I didn't get to see all of it, um, but that seems to be like the... It's funny, this Sundance, there wasn't like that one, there was no like Fruitville Station, there was no like... Mm-hmm. This guy's gonna be huge. You gotta see this movie. <laughs> um, but but if there was one to talk about, it was definitely Whip- Whiplash. Whiplash was uh, one of the surprises for me. Like I went into it, it, it was it screened the the very first night, and I had a mild interest in it, but I didn't know a whole lot about it. I never saw the short film, so I was just kind of like, eh, you know, there was there was nothing else to see. So I went in and I loved it. I thought it was it was great. Um, a very unconventional take on the whole uh, music type film. Like, you know, there's a lot of movies like this, you know, where there's the promising young musical prodigy that's trying to be the best and he has various obstacles and stuff. But the way that it's handled in this is a very adult way and it's very entertaining. Great performances, too, by uh, J.K. Simmons and Miles Teller. A lot of people are saying that this is going to be the the movie that kind of shoots Miles Teller into superstardom. But people said that about his last movie too. I mean, uh, I mean that guy's just good in everything. Yeah. So yeah, he is, and I think that uh, I don't I don't remember. It, I know that it did get picked up, but I don't remember who. It got bought it day one, so yeah. I think the as soon as it screened, it got bought. Um, uh, that one didn't get bought by A24. I know A24 bought Laggies and then um, Obvious Child. Did you see Obvious Child? I did, yeah. It's like a big episode of Girls, but but not bad. No, I liked it. I, I thought it, it made me laugh a lot. I mean, when when I watch comedies, the biggest thing I look for is, did it make me laugh? And how many of the jokes landed for me and how many didn't? And I thought that everything about... The thing about obvious child was that I, I found Jenny Slate to be just so adorable in that movie. You know, I, 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 she reminded me of I, Sarah Silverman a lot. Yeah. And I love her so much from, from Nick Kroll's show. Like I, I've been like, I was amazed that she had that role. So when I saw it, I was like, wait a minute, is that the girl from Nick Kroll's show? This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I thought she, I thought she was unbelievable. Yeah. I, I liked that movie quite a bit. Um, the other big one that a lot of people are talking about is boyhood. Richard Linkletter's boyhood. Yeah, which if you, yeah, I mean, uh, I do you know Gabe Klinger at all? Uh, no, I don't think so. Gabe Klinger, Gabe Klinger is um, the director who made Double Play, the uh, Linklater documentary. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he was the one who first sort of told me about it and how that movie was getting made, and I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand how that could possibly work. Um, and I only got to see uh, the first up to the first transition between times, mm. um, but but I couldn't believe it. Like, I couldn't believe, like, what was happening. It, like, if you don't know, it's a movie where, like, Linklater follows these same kids for 12 years. One of them is his daughter, and mm-hmm. 
it's all like it's not real time but like it's the same actor over 12 years playing these roles um and the transitions between times are incredible yeah i i liked it a lot i thought that it was a really interesting experiment it's a long movie it's like two hours and 41 minutes so yeah it's pretty big i mean it requires a certain amount of commitment going into it but it was just just the way that it was done is so fascinating to me like i don't know what it was i mean i guess i didn't think that it would affect me as much as it did just by having the same actors i mean because when you boil when you boil down the plot we've seen it before it's not anything spectacular as far as the story i mean it's it's it's, it's extremely simple yeah i mean it's just like a family drama, you know, it just goes through this kid's life from first grade up until when he goes off to college. There's various things that happen throughout, but just keeping the same actors during this time was enough for me to just be completely enthralled, like the entire time. And well, because it's a special effect we've never seen before. Yeah. I think that, like, you you sort of feel the humanity of it, like it's unrelenting, just because. It is what it is. It's resonant. Yeah. So, and I think that there's also maybe this kind of like subconscious disconnect that we have when we see movies where they switch out the actors, you know, dur- during the passage of time, or add like old man makeup or something like that. Of course, of course, it sucks. It, it takes you right out of it. I mean, when they switch Becky and Roseanne, <laughs> yeah. it almost it drove DJ insane. Um, <laughs> they switched out DJ they, too at the very beginning. Yes, they did. But that first DJ really sucked. <laughs> yeah, and uh, also I uh, wanted to mention that Ethan Hawke and Patricia Arquette are the, the parents in that as well. So you get to see them uh, age over 12 years as well. Yeah, which nobody seems to really talk about. People keep talking about the kids, but it's like you also get to see Hawkman yeah. like, go 12 years. But I guess people were so used to that from watching like before midnight and stuff that it's like, oh, yeah, no big deal. We saw that guy get old already. Yeah, I think it's – and plus like – you can see it way more with the the kid, you know, like because he now now compared to when he's six years old. I mean, it's it's, it's a huge it's difference. Uh, yeah. Ethan Hawke looks pretty much the same throughout the whole time. Patricia Arquette, uh, there poor they're, poor woman, yeah. poor woman. <laughs> there were some changes there, but yeah, she takes a beating. Yeah, she <laughs> takes a beating. I'm surprised she agreed. Would have been way cooler if um they um they play they'd uh, recreated their characters from uh before um well i guess they couldn't because they didn't have kids but they're playing their um before midnight guys mm. uh but then now that i think of it would have been impossible they didn't have kids blah 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 yeah yeah would have been insane Uh-oh. uh what else did you see uh yeah a movie that you probably saw and have a lot to talk a lot to say about is that uh, elliot oh yeah i did so elliot was the slam dance doc winner um and tim league was actually on that jury and uh, elliot is like a it's a real documentary about I, I, I want to say fake kung fu expert, but I, I don't think you need to say that. It's about a like a guy who's just so convinced that he's like a kung fu expert. It's sort of a mix between American movie and like a documentary showing some guy's life completely fall apart. It's like American movie, except the guy doesn't really have much charm. He's sort of a scumbag. Yeah, he uh, is a scumbag. Well, it's interesting. I, I did talk to the directors. I interviewed the directors of this movie because when I, when I saw it, I was... So I had so many questions about it that I was like, I got to talk to these guys. So I, I showed him an email and I was like, Hey, I need to talk to you about this movie. So I interviewed him about it. And out of all the docs that I saw at, at both festivals, this was the one that interested me the most. Same. 
And it, this was the one that I've been kind of really getting behind and, and trying to get people to look this look this up. Because you, you, you haven't seen anything like this before. It's like it's almost like a documentary of a criminal where the criminal is willingly going along with it, mm-hmm. it which it, it, which is very hard to believe. This guy is so deluded with his own greatness and so into his own lies that he doesn't stop the machine of this film that's following him, even though the film is in itself unraveling this guy's entire life, sort of like lie by lie. It's crazy. Yeah. And and it's when I went into this movie, I had no I, I knew the very basic premise. I had no idea where it was going to go. And for, you know, like the first half, I'm thinking, oh, this is basically just like American movie. But, you know, instead of some some poor guy trying to make a horror movie, it's about some guy trying to be the first uh, Canadian martial arts superstar. And no, he's saying he already is. <laughs> yeah. But when it starts to take that turn, you know, like, as the movie progresses, you you start to feel a little uneasy about what's happening. You're like, something's not right here. And then at one point, it just takes a turn and you're just like, holy shit, like, what what is going on here? And then it gets so surreal towards the end. You're just like, what the fuck is going on with that? Like the part, the party scene is the one. And uh, that was like the one thing I had to ask them about. I was like, what what was going on with that part? What did they say? What did they say? Uh, So they said that they had no idea what they were getting into. They just knew that he was, that Elliot was going to this party. They didn't know anything about it. They asked if they could tag along. He said, sure. Uh, They walked in. I guess when he was already there and they just saw what they saw and they said that they were there for about 20 minutes before they actually decided to ask if they could start filming and everybody said, okay, that it was okay for them to film. So they just shot it and then they left. And then what happened after that, which I don't, I don't want to talk about because that's like kind of a big spoiler, but they actually dropped Elliot off at his house. And then that's when the whole thing happened yeah, afterwards yeah, yeah. which wasn't on camera well it's crazy to say like a lot of the without spoiling anything a lot of the tension of this movie comes from the fact that elliot this like fake kung fu master has a wife who is like so doting and so supportive and basically helping him achieve these insane like unachievable dreams mm-hmm. and he just i mean he doesn't he doesn't pay her the respect she deserves is sort of a big part of this film. Yeah. I mean, highly, highly recommend Elliot. That was definitely one of the highlights I think people are going to have a chance to see it. I think the fact that Tim League was on that jury and that film won makes me think that it's probably going to Fantastic Fest, which makes me think that it's like if they don't find distribution anywhere, there's a chance it could be a draft house release. It's It seems like one that that should get picked up. To me, like out of all the slam dance stuff I saw, that one seems like the big one that that is most deserving of getting picked up. I mean, in, not, in docs or in both? Just just in both. I mean, not, yeah. I, I don't mean to downplay anything else. I saw it slam dance. That was just the standout for me. And well, and it's the most commercial. It has a lot going for it. Like it has it has mm-hmm. a ton of stuff going for it that um, that uh, the other films. Not that they didn't have it, but right. there was nothing where you were like, oh my god, I didn't see anything. Uh, Actually, actually, both festivals, as apart from the films that we've talked about here, where I like ran out and told people that they had to go see it. 
the Raid 2 was the one that, but I mean, everybody's going to go see that anyway. That, yeah. that was one that I just told everybody, like, you got to see this as soon as you can. Uh, Blue Ruin is another one that I, and that didn't premiere at Sundance, but. You, you hadn't seen that no, before? No, that this. How, how wicked is that when, oh, you probably love that movie. How wicked <laughs> yeah. was it when he's uh, just, just like staking out the old house, tons of guns ready to blow mm-hmm. everybody away? <laughs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. And I was a big fan of Murder Party, that guy's previous film, too. Yeah, me too. But I think this one is so far and away better than it. Oh, that oh yeah. it's, it's not even compar- comparable. Oh, yeah. What's cool about the story of that movie is that that dude did so much. I mean, he was a DP before this. And um, he did so much of this stuff on his own. Like, although it seems like a massive, huge movie, it was basically a partnership between him and the actor. And they just kind of, like, plowed through it. I think in a lot of the scenes, it might have been just him and the actor, which is what's so crazy. Well, it was it was fantastic. I loved it. That comes out April 25th, so definitely recommend it. It's, uh, for fans of revenge movies, it's definitely one to check out. Yeah, Charlie Ref says it's his favorite like American movie. I, I, I don't want to misquote him, but he, he loves it. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, any, were there any that you weren't too thrilled about? Now you said you had a lot of walkouts, but were there any ones that, that I wanted to be good and wound up being really bad? Um, there, I mean, the movie that I thought I was going to be like obsessed with and, and was just going to be like, like my kind of movie was laggies. Um, like just from reading about it and I'm, it's the the, new Lynn Shelton one, right? Yeah. And I, and I, I'm, uh, I was a, a fan of her early movies, obviously. And, um, and I mean, her work has been getting more and more commercial. And I thought that this was just like the perfect recipe for me. Like, if you don't know, it's a it's a a woman in sort of her late twenties who sort of becomes friends with a teenage girl, and it's not like a weird or a fake friendship. It's like a real friendship, and she totally regresses to being a teenager again. And like, Kira Knightley is basically like hanging out with teenagers pretending to be a teenager and that's kind of the movie mm-hmm. and i thought i was going to love this because it's basically like my life story but um but i didn't i was like oh this is i, I thought the dialogue wasn't i thought it suffered from acting mm-hmm. acting problems and and was, uh, did, you, did you see it no i didn't i didn't see this one um it was chloe moretz was the the girl right yeah the younger girl it was it was kick ass and carry, um, but that movie got bought for like two million dollars by A twenty four, so everybody's gonna get to see it. It's gonna it'll have like a it'll have a release the same way the Re- spectacular now did, where you can see it pretty much anywhere. I actually wasn't a big fan of uh, Touchy Feely, her last movie. So neither was I. I, 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 I when I say like it's been taking a downward spiral since uh, since uh, the first Hump Day. Mm. Um, there were, there were a couple that I wasn't like in, in love with. I actually didn't see any that made me want to walk out or, or just, you know, throw my hands in the air and say, I'm done with this. Uh, I wasn't that into a most wanted man, which was the Philip Seymour Hoffman one, uh, based on the, uh, Luke Ray novel. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I didn't see it. And in fact, I didn't even uh, hear about it before I got to the festival. Yeah, this played like I think maybe the second day of the festival or something. It I just was not that into it. It's a it's a very slow burn spy thriller. Uh, I, I didn't dislike it, but it there was just nothing that really wowed me by it. You know, this is uh, based on a novel by the same guy that did Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. 
So if you've seen the movie version of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, you have kind of an idea that it's that this isn't like a high octane James Bond type movie. It's a very realistic take on on spies. But for me, what Tinker Tailor had going for it was just the style, like the visual style, and that's what kept me entertained with that movie. Whereas this movie is very kind of colorless and drab, and it, it just it was okay, not not great. Um, I saw a doc called Love Child, and that one I was not into at all. It was only 75 minutes long, but I was so bored through throughout the entire thing. That uh, is an HBO film, so that's going to be out probably sometime this year. But it's basically about a, a Korean couple who are obsessed with uh, an online role-playing game, and they neglected their newborn child until it died of malnourishment yeah so there we go so it's uh basically it takes a look at the the case like the court case but it also looks at the concept of video game addiction what was the game it was uh league of legends no it was um it was called like uh shit it's called like uh prius or something like that it's like a Korean game. Yeah, like it's a, it's a like a Korean MMO. It never. Yeah, okay. I don't think it came out in North America. Well, it must be good, man. If it killed a kid, it, it's well. The odd thing, kind of the ironic thing about the game is that part of the game is that you you, you take get, care of a baby. Yeah, you get a child <laughs> in the yeah. game, and you have to raise it and take care of it. See, I played uh, EverQuest like crazy when I was a kid, and um, so like already. That's extremely interesting to well, me. Yeah, and I've, see, I've always thought about that. I remember when I used to play Dota for like, you know, 14 hours at a time. And I think like, I wonder, man, if I had a, if I had a, a wife or a kid. Yeah. And like, I mean, I it's, do this? I think it's a, it's a real thing. And I, that is the, that's the thing that made me want to see this in the first place is that I'm also a gamer and I know what it's like to just get completely wrapped up in these virtual worlds. And, you know, uh, I think that they they kind of look at that look at it in a better way in that uh, that show the guild you know that web series. Uh, yeah, I mean I've never seen it that, but that's no, that's definitely not my thing. I hate <laughs> stuff like that. I hate stuff where they where they get a bunch of people who know nothing about this kind of stuff and try to make it. Oh God, oh, makes me sick. Well, the guild the guild is they they know what they're doing in that show, but a bit, but it's not they they broaden it. Yeah. They broaden it. Yeah, I think you're right. Another one that I saw that I liked quite a bit was Cooties. Did you see Cooties? Hey, no. In fact, but I mean, I, I can talk about it a bit because I did see like uh, like the first 15 minutes. I saw it like where things go insane mm. at the beginning, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so I, I saw it up to that point and then I had to go. That wasn't a movie where I left because I thought it was bad. I just had to go. And what I heard from everybody is that what happens is like, without spoiling anything, about 15 minutes in, like, the movie has this, like, crazy, almost like a climax, and then the movie kind of stays, is what I heard, mm -hmm. at that same insane level, the entire movie. Yeah, pretty much. It's, uh, so basically, the premise is those processed chicken nuggets that they feed kids at school become tainted with some sort of virus that turns the children into these uh, ravenous zombie creatures it's like 28 days later a yeah bit. 
Yeah. And, and amazing title. Cooties yeah. is talking genius yep. for a movie like that. It's it's definitely a comedy. I mean, it's a horror comedy. It's very bloody, very gory, very gross, but it's all very tongue-in-cheek. And it's written by Lee Wannell, the guy that did Saw and Insidious. He He's also one of the characters, one of the uh, teachers in it, and he is hilarious. Oh, like, that's him? I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he plays the science teacher, and he's definitely... He was the highlight for me. I thought that he was just amazing. Everything he said in that movie made me laugh. But that that did get picked up. I can't remember... I can't remember who picked that up, but I know I know that it did get sold. Lionsgate. Yeah, Lionsgate. I think I remember being at dinner and hearing that. Yeah, I know I know that they were circling and I don't know if they went with it or not, but yeah, that one I, in fact I'm pretty sure that everything I saw got sold or was already sold by the time I saw it. Oh, see, that sucks, man. You got to see the stuff that oh, I know. is I never mean, ever going to get sold no matter what. Did you see uh I mean, it's 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 relevant. I don't know if you talked about it, but uh, Borgman. No, I didn't. You haven't see seen that, that movie. I've been tr- a- I've been trying to see that movie for so long, and I can't I can't get a copy of it or anything. Do you Do you go to Fantastic Fest every year? No, I don't. I was gonna. Well, I don't know if I want to get into it, but this year I was either gonna go to Fantastic Fest or TIFF, and I decided to go to TIFF, and then I didn't get my press credentials. So yeah, big mistake, man. I didn't. You, I ended up not going to either. Fantastic Fest is going to screen all the good stuff that TIFF screened, and it's going to screen the foreign stuff that you will never ever see again. Like like Borgman is a great example. Detective Downs is a movie that I think is only ever screened in America at Fantastic Fest. Like it's crazy the stuff that they bring for for that week. Yeah. But and, but not to get off topic. But Borgman is just. Like, that is a movie you got to see. <laughs> that movie's incredible. Yeah, I've, I've really, really wanted to see that. Um, it, did it play at Sunday? It's last year? Oh, where did it play? It played a, I know. It played a ton of the fests last year, but I don't remember which one specifically. Yeah. I was surprised at how many um, movies were at Sundance that I had seen already just going to film festivals all year. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, like 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 my favorite movies at the festival, Blue Ruin and Wetlands, were both movies that I'd seen at Locarno. Um, yeah, and they they also had like uh, Only Lovers Left Alive, the Jim Jarmusch one. Was... Did you see that movie? No, I didn't see it. That's oh, uh, awful. Oh my god. Yeah, see, I was I was gonna. It was on my schedule, and then I ended up going to see something else because. I was like, all right, I think it's coming out like in March or April anyway. Oh, it's so, so brutal. Like, it's just Jim Jarmusch trying to explain what cool people are like. It's pathetic. It's like that a fifty-year-old guy is trying to teach a bunch of <laughs> <laughs> trying to teach a bunch of young people how to be cool. It's insanely bad. He's a really he, he's a really hit or miss guy for me. Like yeah. uh, Limits of Control, which I think was his last one. I I hated. So I'd say his best work is as the hot dog guy in Sling Blade. <laughs> Uh, I liked Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. <laughs> I, I, yeah, of course, of course. I'm, I'm just kidding. His early stuff's amazing, uh, but uh, uh, but but you gotta love that Sling Blade guy. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, Wish I Was Here is another big one. The Zach Braff one. That's did, uh, did you see it? Yeah, I did. I saw it. People, I I only heard bad stuff, but uh, but I, I uh, I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I don't think you'll like it. Uh, but 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 here's the thing. I was I was into it. I can see why people wouldn't like it. 
because there's there's already kind of a subset of of critics and and people that will hate it going into it just because it's Zach Braff and you know it's this Kickstarter thing and all all of this stuff. So I think that there's a lot of preconceived notions about it already, but it also is very melodramatic. It's very heavy-handed and it's very kind of emotionally manipulative. I mean, Yikes. it's it's very much like Garden State. You know, it's designed to make you cry. Yeah. And um, but that being said, I was a big fan of Garden State and. I was actually a pretty big fan of this one too. Like I was buying into it. Like I bought yeah. into the ridiculousness of it. Who who's the chick in it? It's uh, Kate Hudson plays his wife. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's not Natalie Portman listening to the Shins, but yeah, but... And, and there are you know plenty of uh, like indie rock montages and and things like that in it, just like in Garden State. Um, but yeah, I like I liked it. I mean. It's it's about, you know, his relationship with his father who's dying of cancer and his his family and money problems and it just it deals with, you know, a lot of kind of real life situations and yeah, you know, it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I I think that you'll probably I won't even you'll I won't look, even go see you'll it. look Yeah, I'll I'll probably it. like check out like a couple of minutes and be like fuck Zach Braff. Um, Were there any other slam dance titles that that uh, caught your eye? That there was a lot that um, because I was hanging out there. That was the panel I was speaking on, mm-hmm. so I was hanging out there and I saw bits and pieces of a lot of stuff, but nothing. I was interested in that um, Wizards Way mm-hmm. um, uh, because it it seemed like it was kind of doing a like a cool fake doc thing, just from what I saw in the trailer. Yeah, it's and, that, and that and that Jack Black had uh, had bought the remake rights, so I was like, oh, this must have something to it. But I, I mean, it wasn't for me at all. Like I, th- I didn't think that um, they they weren't they, like it wasn't uh, uh, blowing my mind enough it, for me to to really get into it. It's funny. Uh, I thought that that it was very funny, but I think a lot of people are going to have a hard time getting past the extremely low quality nature of the movie i mean it's like shot on like video or something like a like they use like I, I an old camcorder or something they, yeah they're british i think they shot on vhs maybe i actually think that's one of the better parts of the film um i, I just think that those those main guys are just kind of like hateable a bit well, they don't they, they don't tr- they don't try to make you like them i mean the, the filmmakers and that's well that's the whole thing like if you if you watch it they they kind of get their comeuppance at the end uh and, and things begin to kind of take a turn. But it's also kind of a, a statement about documentary filmmaking because they, they eventually start to manipulate their subjects. And it's ah. it's like I kind of looked at it as almost a blueprint on how to not make a documentary. Right. So, like like it's their joke on how to not make a fake documentary or not make a documentary. Yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, it's kind of a layered movie. And mm-hmm. I, I liked it a lot. I I kind of appreciated it. I didn't think that all the humor landed for me, but overall, I, I thought it was an interesting concept. I think I gave it like a seven out of ten in my review oh, or something. That's a great that's a great rating. And I, I'm not trying to say the movie's terrible. I just didn't uh, I didn't give it a chance because I um, movies, especially dealing in that world of like fake documentaries, and like they really the acting in them needs to be so good for me to buy into it. And it wasn't enough, but you know, I think everybody's going to get to see 
the Jack Black remake of this. So that will be interesting. Hopefully maybe, they pick. Maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't know. They got. Oh no! It'll be great. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I saw the Republic of Rick at Slam Dance. Everybody told me that movie was wicked. I I wasn't that into it. That's another yeah. fake doc. Oh, it is. Yeah, but and, and they shoot on Beta, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, well, for the mo for for most of it, because the movie takes place in the in like the late nineties, like I think ninety eight. But at the very end, they jump forward to now, and that's shot like on high def digital. Ugh. But that's just like the very end. They they switch. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, it's on this uh, really shitty looking <laughs> video, and you know it's got like the the four three aspect ratio and looks. See, I, I love stuff like that. I love stuff like that. I heard that the acting in it is amazing. Is that not true? Uh, I didn't find it to be amazing at all. But... Damn it. Damn it! Yeah, see, I thought I, some. I, was, I mean, some of it was good, but but it was too goofy for me. Like, oh, really? everybody was just this kind of caricature of a stereotype, you know. Like the there was like the super religious, uh, you know, Christians, and then there were like the gun-toting right-wing rednecks, and and they're all playing a role. I talked to the director before it uh, screened, and he seemed like a cool guy, very nice guy. But uh, I didn't get to see any of it, sadly. It, it had potential, but it just it didn't wow me or anything. Bummer. Yeah. Um, I want to quickly mention just a couple other Sundance movies. Uh, Listen Up, Philip, the latest by Alex Ross Perry. ARP. That guy's the man. I, was, I, met, I met him in Sarasota, and uh, very, very cool guy. I was a huge fan of The Color Wheel, and I was... I don't know if I liked Listen Up, Philip more or less, maybe on the same level, but I was I was a big fan of it. It was one of those movies that I had to sit with uh, for a little bit in order to really kind of appreciate it or, or even get what he was going for because uh, the Jason Schwartzman plays the main character and we spend time with him for like maybe the first third and then in the middle of the movie, they he disappears. Just, he disappears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... He's gone until the end. And at first, I was like, I don't really understand why he he did that. Like, because Schwartzman was busy. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of got that he was trying to show how this this character affected the lives of these two other people that we then spent time with. Uh, but I didn't feel like it needed to be that long. Uh, but then later, I, I went back and I and I read about the. Uh, I read an interview with him about that, and, and it kind of made sense to me all of a sudden. So, well, that dude is smart as hell. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I like you can assume that at the very least he knows exactly why he's doing it. Yeah. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to what we do in the shadows, Jermaine Clement and Taika. Yeah, I, I heard latest. about that too. Everybody was telling me that I had to see that, but I, I, I heard that there's a. Uh, that the plot is sort of meandering, but uh, that the movie's actually hysterical. Yeah, I mean, it's another mockumentary about uh, a group of vampires that are flatmates in New Zealand, and it's hilarious. I mean, I I loved it. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. So, any other any other uh, ones that you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, nothing that I that I I want to bring up no i mean the, the the big ones we talked about i mean those were i thought i thought that uh sundance and slam dance this year um 
there wasn't there wasn't not that there wasn't like a huge buzz about movies, but there wasn't that kind of like like live or die feeling that mm. I've had before. Being yeah. there where you're just like, oh my god, movies are incredible. Life is so great. <laughs> it, it it didn't it um it was amazing programming at, at both festivals, but um there weren't those like like couple films where you're just like, oh, insane, insane. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I, overall, I thought it was good. There, there wasn't anything that just blew me out of the water, but at the same time, there wasn't anything that I absolutely despised either. Mm. So there were there were a number of ones. I mean, the ones that I like the most are probably the most mainstream ones. Like you that know, people like the, will see. Yeah, like the raid two. Everybody's going to see that, and that was like the biggest highlight for me. You know, just being able to see the Q and A and meet everybody and all that stuff. So for me, that was like the highlight, but there were a lot of other, uh, other ones too. Like Hellion, I was a big fan of Cat Chandler's, uh, movie with Aaron Paul. And there were, there were some other ones like, uh, I went to see life itself, the Ebert documentary, Mm -hmm. and I went to the, the press and industry screening of that. And that was a really interesting experience because, you know, I'm in, I'm in a theater full of other critics and it was just this kind of, uh, sense of camaraderie with it. And it, proved to be really uh, a really powerful experience so that that was kind of uh, amazing to be there for that but overall I thought it was really good now you were you mentioned you were on a panel um, just maybe if you could just quickly talk about the panel that you were on um the big one was about actually something that I don't really know a ton about but like the legalities of distributing an independent film because our film, after winning Slamdance last year, very quickly went to release. And I think a lot of people thought that The Dirties was never going to get released because of all the legal problems with the movie. Like, we used tons and tons of copyrighted stuff, and it was all shot crazily and seemingly illegally. And so that was a big challenge for our lawyers um, who were able to amazingly do it. And so I did it with uh, David Pierce from Pierce Law Group, who, with his team we're able to com- like make our film completely legal. And so it was basically talking about that process, which mm. was, which is a really amazing story, but I don't actually clearly, I don't know like the legal ins and outs of all the shit they had to do, but it, it's amazing what they were able to do to get that film released. It's nuts. So that was the panel on, were you on any other panels? Small ones, but like they were like with filmmakers and stuff like that. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I think that that'll wrap it up. Um, what What do you got working on? I heard uh, I heard some rumblings about an Encyclopedia Brown movie. Is that true? Yeah, that I've been writing Encyclopedia Brown for Warner Brothers for like a month and a half now, and that movie is going to be insane. I'm not I'm not directing it, but um, if you know anything about the Encyclopedia Brown like book series, it's I do. So it's Leroy Brown, except like in the year 2014, and he doesn't he's not he hasn't become encyclopedia brown yet like he like people call him encyclopedia brown to make fun of him um and like this movie is like the the like step one in his life and it's crazy the (laughs) stuff that's happening in this movie like it is so good like because i was such a big fan of the books like the being able to do this like it's just everything that i ever wanted to see in this movie is happening that's amazing and it's it's gonna be like he's gonna be a kid right yeah, he's going to be in grade nine, grade nine, I think. Okay. Yeah. So that's. But he, but he, but he skipped a couple of grades. Of course. 
So that's that's gonna be. And it, is it gonna be like a kids movie, or is it gonna be kind of like uh, like a crossover where kids and adults can enjoy it? Everybody will be able to enjoy this movie. I mean, like it's not gonna. It it's like. In the way that like Harry Potter is like mm-hmm. anybody can see those movies and be like, this is fucking wicked. It, it very much in that in that tone. Very cool. And do you have another? Aren't, aren't you working on another movie as well? Uh, yeah, Operation Avalanche. Like that's like our follow up to the Dirties, which uh, we start shooting in June um, if everything keeps going the way it's going. Um, which is like very much like the Dirties, Matt and Owen. Um, are together again, like trying to make a movie, but this time it's the 1960s, and they're making a movie about the moon landing. <laughs> That's amazing. Are they are they still like in high school? Or are they no? You're no, they work. They work. They work for the CIA. They're uh, they're like adults, like professional adults. But it's it's a fake documentary. Like all the 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 laws and stuff are the same, uh. and, the, and the characters are very similar, but. Uh, how, okay, so if it takes place in the '60s, how are you going to handle like the the filming of it? A lot of it's shot on like bolexes, so 16 millimeter film. Nice. A lot of it's not a lot of it, but like some of it will be um, uh, four by three. A lot of it will be cinemascope. Like that's going to be some of the best stuff to see, and some of the tests that we've already done. Because the intention is to make you believe you're actually watching like an unarchived CIA film. Mm-hmm. So some of the stuff that we're doing to get the look right is crazy. Um, I'm hoping, well, the DVD of this movie will also be amazing to show you how we're creating this the, it, to look the way that it does. It's awesome. So you're gonna be you're gonna be shooting that in June, and then like, are you gonna be taking that to festivals and stuff like that? I would assume. Yeah, probably in exactly a year is when you'll first see it but i mean i, I don't want to i i don't know for sure right, I mean, of course something could go brutally wrong owen could die <laughs> well, let's hope that doesn't happen well i think that that'll wrap it up matt thanks again for uh taking some time to talk with us i love talking to you man call me anytime thanks again matt uh be sure to check out the dirties if you haven't seen that yet is that on do you know if that's on netflix yet kevin uh i don't but I do know that I want to see it very badly. I know that it's, I think you can get it on video on demand at this point. And it might be, I don't know if it's on Netflix yet, but keep a lookout for that. It's uh, definitely one of the best of the year. So, uh, all right, let's go ahead and jump into predictions. Uh, next week we have, the. there's only one in wide release that I see here. <laughs> and that's That Awkward Moment. Ooh, Yeah. Starring Zac Efron and Michael B. Jordan and Miles Teller. Yeah. All right. <laughs> what are you thinking on that awkward moment? Oh. Um, I'm going to say like a 62. 62? Okay. I'm going to say that it's not going to be nearly that good. I'm going to say 50. Okay. Oh, me and my, think, me my, think, me and my uh, wife were talking about this the other day. You know how we always talk about uh, January being the dumping ground, like the graveyard of films? Yeah. Uh, do you sort of feel bad for Kevin Hart right now? <laughs> because he's owning January? <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for him. I, I feel worse that the fact that Ride Along got like a 17%. <laughs> It's been nothing but Kevin Hart films so far this year. I'm just like, ah, oh, poor guy. Yeah, I feel bad for him because I do, I do like him, but 
think he just needs to find his his niche. Well, I think he needs to I find his I, place. Like we, I think we talked about it before. He, he's good at small doses. Yeah, yeah. I loved him in This Is the End. I thought he was oh, he, he was amazing. This, yeah. <laughs> um, limited release. Uh, we have Labor Day. Oh God. Which you know, it's funny because oh. you. I remember you mentioned. You mentioned the trailer. This was a few a few episodes back, and you asked me about the trailer, and I was like, "Oh, it looked fine." I didn't realize that there was another trailer. So I saw like I saw one trailer, was, and then and then I saw the trailer that you were what, referring to. So you saw, the, and I was like, "Oh my god, that is horrible." The peach pie. Yeah, peach pie. I can't. Yep. I can't look at peach pie the same way. Like this ruined peach pie for me. It, yeah, so it that, almost it, ruined peaches for me completely. Hmm. That's that's a shame. Yeah, I love peaches. I'm a pretty big fan of peaches myself, so yeah, uh, I'll probably be avoiding Labor Day, but I think it, that that's getting a limited release next week. Might get a wide release. It, I don't it know. looks like a poor man's version of Ghost. Looks like it's based on a Nicholas Sparks novel to me. I think it's uh, what's her name? Mansfield. I can't remember her first name. Joyce. Oh, or maybe something. I don't know. But man, I knew Wrightman was a piece of shit and. He just solidified that for me. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't a hundred percent agree with that. I, but I do a hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> I, I still like some of his other stuff. There but. You go. Uh, also, in limited release is Tim's Vermeer, which I want to see. That's the uh, Penn and Teller documentary. Okay. About the guy trying to recreate the the Vermeer painting. Yeah, don't do that. Well, it's. Have you read anything about this? It looks really interesting. I like, I do like stories about um, like people that try and recreate pieces of art. Because it's, it's not about, it's not about like him doing. It's about the technique. Yeah. It's it's about him trying to figure out how they how they did this back in the day. Yeah. And he tries to to mimic that. And it look and it looks really interesting. There's a there's another artist that does that. Uh, odd nerdum he does where he create the paints that he uses are actually like handcrafted paints that they used to use back in the day where you would take like pigment pigments mm, mm-hmm. and mix it and that, that shit's always interesting to me that's cool uh we also have 12 o'clock boys coming out in limited release this, oh yeah i don't know if that's gonna get a uh an on-demand release at the same time i don't it should i don't think why, it should why, why but i don't you? I don't know if it is or not. Oscilloscope's putting that out, but if it is hitting VOD, I didn't see anything about it. But when it does hit VOD, be sure to check that one out because it's you, definitely awesome. Do you think that they fucked it up? Mm, I don't know. Because <laughs> wasn't that like the only thing that he responded to when the note when the news came out that Oscilloscope picked it up? He was like, "Hopefully they don't fuck it up." Yeah, I remember that. I remember that in the release. I I don't know. I guess I guess we'll see. Uh, also in limited release, we have Best Night Ever, which is horrible. Brightest Star, which doesn't look that good. Uh, there's a couple other uh, smaller ones in there as well. Mm. Also, the Oscar-nominated short films are going to be hitting theaters in limited release next week too. So I would check those out. I think I'm like I, li- I like how they've been doing that recently. Yeah. I enjoy that. I think as this well. is like the I think this is like the third or fourth year they've done that. I, I really like that. Yes. 
Um, next week on Video On Demand, we have Grand Piano, which is that thriller with Elijah Wood. I'm actually interested in that. It looks kind of kind of cool. Have you seen the trailer for that? <laughs> yeah, it looks uh, very interesting. It's with Elijah Wood and John Cusack. And like Elijah Wood plays this uh, concert pianist, and he has to he's like forced to play a perfect concert. Mm, okay. This and is like his, this is written by the guy that did whiplash. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. So it, it does look pretty interesting. I'm, I'm, I'll probably be checking that one out. Uh, also California scheming, which looks like kind of a bling ring <sighs> spring breakers type. <sighs> yeah. Doesn't look too good. And brightest star. Brightest star. Yep. Next week on DVD and Blu-ray, we have Argento's Dracula, which okay. has one of the worst covers I've ever seen, ever. Where can I see this cover? Uh, prob- probably on like Video ETA or something. I'm sure it's on there. I mean, I think it's meant to look old, but it doesn't necessarily look old. It just looks really cheesy. Uh, Ask Backwards, which we have a review for that up on the site. Ernie saw that at Outfest, actually. He said, he, he said it wasn't very good. Uh, Dark Touch, we have a review for that up. A lot of people were into that movie, but I was not. A lot of people liked that movie. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, we also interviewed the director of that, so you can check that out. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2, very disappointed in that movie. I loved the first one, and... I was not into the second one at all. Mm. Concussion, which uh, I don't think we have a review for that up, but I, I think no, bad. I think Ernie did review that. One. Did he review that? Yeah, one? I, I think so. I can't remember. I, I was uh, slightly interested in that one. I was very, very slightly interested. <laughs> Almost not at all. You could just say I wasn't interested, really. <laughs> uh, the Fifth Estate. Which, uh, looking, is, at the co- <laughs> looking at the cover for The Fifth Estate, did you notice how they, they spelled out the word fifth, but instead of putting the F at the beginning, they put a number five? <laughs> I did not see that. Like, why did they do this that? Is, the Fifth Estate just this looks like one of the worst movies ever. It, it it, it's one yeah. of those money grabs, cash grab. Like, hey, we're, oh, we're on top of events. We're with it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably avoid that one. It didn't get very good reviews. Oh, uh, Bad Grandpa comes out. That one I would check out. I do want that to see that. That one's worth checking out. I would be interested in seeing a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff on that one, too. And I know that a lot of the gags that they did ended up getting cut out. So I'd like Plus to see more of that. Plus the fact that Spike Jones has been killing it with his cameos. So I just want to see Spike <laughs> yeah. Jones in another cameo role. <laughs> Yep, yep. Uh, Last Vegas, no. which, uh, yeah, no, yeah. No <laughs> yeah, not not into that one. No, and uh, finally, Rush, which I do recommend checking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other any other ones, uh, Criterions? I'm slightly some... interested in Rush. I'm also uh, slightly interested in I Used to Be Darker, the newest film from Matthew Porterfield. Oh, yeah. Uh, they got... Yeah varying reviews but i'm still interested in on that one and the only criterion that's coming out is terrence davies the long day closes from 1992 which you might remember him most recently from the deep blue sea but that's coming out on blu-ray from criterion 
I've never really been interested in Terrence Davies films. I, uh, I don't think that I am yet. No, I'm not interested. <laughs> I, I remember I put on Deep Blue Sea and I turned it off because I was so bored. Yeah, I think that's actually, I think that's Planson. Yeah, it was just one of those that I just, I don't know, yeah, I wasn't in the right mindset just, for it. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be in the right mindset for Terrence Davies because they look boring. Yep. All right. Well, I think that that'll wrap it up. Uh, next week, there's nothing coming out, so we'll probably just talk about the Oscars. I would imagine because we haven't done that. No, yet. we haven't. So we we'll did, probably oh, do. We didn't even get to talk about the Golden Globes. No, we didn't. <sighs> so we'll probably we'll probably go over some awards stuff, talk about the Oscar noms and what we think, and maybe we'll even go over some predictions for that. Can I say one thing about the Golden Globes? Just, yeah. just one. Sure. Jennifer Lawrence, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to give her an award for that? <laughs> you got it. Uh, that's fucking atrocious. I, I've become so oh, like, God. disenchanted with the awards. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't even want to bother. Like, I feel like it's too much effort to even just I know. talk about well, it. The funny thing is, is, like, I'm almost coming over to the Golden Globe side. Like, I... I feel as though they have more. Well, they, I think they in the make end, more sense than the Oscars do. I think in the well, one thing that the Golden Globes—I don't—I don't want to get too too much into it—but one thing that the Golden Globes has that I think the Oscars should have is separate categories for drama and comedy. That's that's one thing that I think that mm. they should do. Yeah, but with you, the Oscars, if you do it right, yeah, like I think this year when you look at the drama category uh, nominees for the Golden Globes. As opposed to the comedy, mm-hmm. I, fa- I found the comedy ones to be yeah. the better the better movies. Because the problem with the Golden Globes is, is that if there's a film with like one or two jokes in it, they're like comedy, throw it in the comedy section. It's like uh, yeah. I don't know if it's really a comedy, dude. Are you sure? Yeah, when you yeah, I mean, there's always going to be some sort of weird gray area like that. Like, I think a lot of people could argue about. American Hustle being a comedy, her being a comedy, and Inside Lewin Davis, and which, you know, all those. which, by the way, what did you think? Did you see Saturday Night Live? No, I didn't. Oh, don't say, don't, don't they do anything. Jonah Hill. I'm gonna watch it later. Jonah Hill does a a her parody. I heard about it, but I didn't see In, it. Yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it today. The, the thing about it is, it to a certain extent, it's better. <laughs> it's just the whole. It's called me instead of her. And just the way that they do it, I wish that that was the film. Even though I loved her, I would... (laughs) Me makes more sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to watch that today. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, All right. I think that that'll wrap it up. For all the latest film news and reviews, visit us at filmpulse.net. Follow us on Twitter at FilmPulse.net and be sure to rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that very much. For FilmPulse.net, my name is Adam. And I'm Kevin. And we'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie.
I think we, <clears throat> I think we're definitely. At, hold on a second. I gotta get some more water. Sorry, <laughs> I'm losing it. 